902 Kale and Company. Welcome back in. Fourth and final hour underway here on this Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Hopefully you had a great holiday. Back to work we go. Let's go. Unless you're Greg Stalker and you have the flu and you woke up and you were like, Holy crap! And you probably felt like crap as he will be out for the next couple of days. Although Stalker apparently claimed yesterday that he might work remotely. I don't know if that's like as the suit, as the brand manager with laptop accessibility. Stop it! Is it <laughs> Stop it! Or is Stalker going to actually like work on the show remotely and just join us via, via his you know remote studio setup? Okay, I don't want to get the flu. I agree. I'm just saying the flu is is nasty. So and he remember he is a toddler. Yeah. And little kid, you know when your kids were little yep. that age, mm-hmm. that's when you get everything. Yeah, just stay home. We've got it without Just, you. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like COVID again. Yeah. It's like back when I first started here. Yeah. I was I was actually playing Greg, but he was here on Zoom every day. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we the, were, I think- I Dawn was, and I were the only ones here. Right. And Bill. And Bill you, and Bill was here. And when you left, so then, yeah, Bill, Millennial, and then you went to Connecticut, and then, yeah, nobody- this building, beautiful new state of the like art. Forty people in here, max. Max, yeah. Oh, yeah. just like it is now, three years later. Yeah. It was, it was kind of creepy. <laughs> no, it's Tuesday, Nick. Yeah, it's true. Every, everyone's going to be in today. The salespeople yeah, yeah. are coming. Everybody's got to justify their. I said that to my dad yesterday. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, you actually got to come in tomorrow." Yeah, 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 yeah. there you go. <laughs> I just saw your dad in the hallway a couple minutes yeah. ago. Yeah. So there you go. Here for the sales meeting. Here he is. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten to jump in. Dawn Stenzel's big three in about ten minutes. Our final pair of Major League Wrestling tickets to give away. As part of our Morning Mystery Movie Clip Prize, that's coming up at 9.20, Harry Mays at 9.30. So, it's a new year, right? And everybody's got all these New Year's resolutions. I'm going to shed 15 pounds. I'm going to go join a gym. And then by, like, Super Bowl Sunday or the first week of February or maybe at late in January, everybody's like, oh, you know what? The hell with that resolution. I'm going to skip the gym. I'm going to eat the fast food. I'm going to order that pizza. I'm going to drink out whatever you, your resolution might be. You know, you, you, it lasts all of, what, uh, three to six weeks. So I saw the New York Times, and they had an article written, uh, Considering Dry January, Set Yourself Up for Success. Now, of course, the New York Times, in typical New York Times fashion, they have to write the longest dissertation of all time because they just can't do anything in, like, 500 words or less. So it's a very long-winded scientific way of going about dry January. They spoke to um, an assistant professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences from Johns Hopkins, a guy named uh, David Walensky. No relation to Rochelle Walensky, although I think she got her eighth booster over the weekend, so she's got her latest level of protection against the COVID-19 virus. Uh, But they go on to talk about all the different ways that you can achieve dry January success from telling people about your plan to identifying what your triggers are. Um, And we're not talking about the typical typical triggers, triggers of uh, a liberal on TikTok, which means, you know, miss, you know, identifying somebody or using the improper pronouns. But whatever causes stress in your life that might cause you to go back and have a drink, Uh, finding those friction points and making a plan for self-care. So I am here to tell you at 9.06 this morning here on Kale & Company, that I will be partaking in dry January. Oh. And we can, now look, there's, it's got to be the honor system because I could be flat out lying to you guys and 
having a cocktail or three every single day, and you never would know. Um, but I am going dry, not only for the month of January. I am going to try to go as long as I possibly can for 2024. Whether that gets me to Easter or St. Patty's Day. Actually, St. Patty's Day would be before Easter. So uh, St. Patrick's Day in March. Is Easter in April or March this year? It's I, April. It's April. It's April. Okay. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May. I am going to try to go as far as I humanly possibly can go. And that means no alcohol when I go out for dinner, no alcohol at a sporting event, no alcohol at a friend's house for a Super Bowl party, no alcohol in my own apartment. I am going to go completely sober for as long as I can. Even with these teams as bad as they are for you? Even with the <laughs> Eagles not being able to beat the Cardinals, even with my college football team, Alabama, losing to Michigan, I will not have a drink for as long as humanly possible because I'm trying to lose a solid 15 pounds. Easter is March 31st, by the way, so you got some time. March 31st? Yeah, yeah. That's 90 days, basically? Well, that's going to yep. be tough. I might have to walk this one back. <laughs> so this is Well, be you tough started one. with saying January, but then you said after January, you're going to try to go as long as you can. I, I, well, here's the deal. Right? It's, it's too expensive. It's not good for me. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah. my, I've got a history in my family of people that like to drink. Uh, my dad was diabetic, so I've got that running in my family. Now, I exercise, work out, so diabetes is not really a threat to me per se, but it does run in my family. Type um, 2? Type 2, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that stuff, and you know, I'm just like, you know what? And, and it's not like I, I drink too much or anything like that, although someone tried to argue that point. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I'm, it's like, it's like the coffee revelation I had with Starbucks. Like, I'm not spending $6 every day for a cup of coffee. Did you I, do I, that? I, I, well, I, well, it, when I was doing a different time slot, yeah, I would get yeah, coffee yeah. every day. And then I realized it's like $38 a week. Times that by four. Times that by 12. You're like, oh, my God. that's that, you know, that's mm-hmm. Well, then the $12 can doesn't seem so bad or whatever. Correct. You know, yeah. So now I, I typically only get Starbucks or a coffee drive through on the weekend. And I've even scaled that back to just buying the cold brew that I like yep. and drinking it from my yeah. house. So I'm going to do the same thing with alcohol because I, I'm like I'm, I'm done spending 25, 30, 35 bucks every two weeks, whatever it might be, and I'm just adding up the math in this Bidenomics world. That, so there's many reasons why I'm doing this, but we should probably all take bets. And again, honor system in play for me here because <laughs> if I break it, I got to tell you because there's no way you would know if I was doing it unless I came in here hungover, um, <laughs> which I never would do. No. Um, how far do you guys think I can go? Can I, can I, can I, so you got January, we've got, um, St. Patty's, we've got Easter and we've got Cinco de Mayo. How far can I go? I'm I'm getting texts, by the way, from a lot of people right now saying (laughs) they they love this plan and I'm also full of crap. I think you can make it to Valentine's Day or St. Patty's Day. So I'd probably eat Valentine's Day because you'll be itching by then and you're going to go out to probably a dinner or make dinner at least. And that's what, six weeks from now? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Well, and that'll probably be a thing for you, especially because they don't live here yet still. No. So, yeah. Right. So we can take bets on that. We can do a poll question if you want to throw it up on uh, the YouTube chat or on Twitter. How far can Kale go for dry January? <laughs> can I even make it out of the month of January? Hmm. I, I think that you'll keep your promise of January because you, you said that. Like, I want to stay, do the dry January thing. Yeah. I think February. Mm, <laughs> When is the Super Bowl? When is <laughs> the? True. I'm thinking true. of what yeah, sporting yeah. events will 
uh, kind of well, tick you off. Yeah, it's like I don't, the first weekend of February. The Super I think. Bowl is a trigger, but then when football season comes to an end and there's not a damn thing to watch on television, <laughs> that's and when it's you dark your, at five yeah. o'clock. You're like, I'm pouring a cocktail <laughs> before I've before had it. before Jesse and the judge come on at five o'clock. <laughs> Let me sit down with a cocktail to watch Gutfeld. <laughs> so let's see if I can do it. I think I can. Um, and the, the the point of the article from the New York Times was all the different steps. And like I get it, some people might have a real addiction or a real problem. But all this scientific, mo- for those, somebody that just enjoys a drink socially, you shouldn't need any of that. It's just sheer willpower. Like, if you're tired of seeing that little, a little bit of flab on your stomach, like, if you cut out alcohol, if you scale back on sugars, if you cut out the carbs, like, that's my biggest problem. Between alcohol, sugar, and cheat day pizza Friday, whatever I lose Monday through Friday by eating clean yeah, and working yeah, out, exactly. I just give it all back. That's the biggest problem. So I just I work I out to eat pizza and drink beer. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. We'll see it's, if I can pull it off. But the 31-day challenge for dry January, you know, sci- like doctors and scientists have looked at it. It's significant. It's a good reset. It is. Joe and Delco says you can't make it to Martin Luther King Day. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mid-January. Mid-January. Ouch. If I was Nikki Haley, I would say, when's Martin Luther King Day? But I'm not Nikki Haley. And then you'd ask the person in the crowd what they think of Martin yeah. Luther King Day. There you go. All right, we'll see if I can pull that off. I'll keep everybody updated. But uh, the last one was, uh, so what, yesterday was Monday, New Year's Day. Uh, Sunday, the, uh, Saturday the 30th was my uh, my last cocktail. Didn't you do this last year as well? Did you do dry January? I feel like yeah, you I talked it, about it. It might have lasted like two days. I, <laughs> I just probably had to wait till my paycheck cleared or something. <laughs> so there you go. 855-839-1210. Speaking of uh, Fox and pouring a cocktail and watching the five, as I like to do each night, that ticks off Greg Stalker, and that's half the battle doing it to tick off Stalker. So let's take a look real quickly here at how the, the news networks finished up 2023. Because as you remember, everybody said they were boycotting Fox News after Tucker Carlson left the network. Well, there was a Tucker Carlson impact, but it still did not stop Fox from being number one as they closed out the year on top again, extending it for the eighth consecutive year. The network scored the top six shows in the cable news industry with The Five becoming the first non-primetime show to land at number one in all of the key demos. MSNBC was the only network to grow year over year in total viewers, and they finished in second place. And CNN had um, its lowest total viewership <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> since 2014. So that is almost a decade low for CNN. Interestingly enough, I find this to be interesting anyway. M- MSNBC had its lowest rated year in the main demo since 1999, but they also have the oldest audience of the big three cable networks, which I find to be a little interesting because all we hear is conservatives, old, Fox News. MSNBC, their average viewer is 70 years old. Whereas Fox is 69 years old, CNN is 67, which maybe says a lot about my life because I'm half that age and I I watch it probably as much as anybody. Uh, But then, in regards to the Tucker Carlson impact, remember, they moved Jesse Waters into that spot and it's now Laura Ingram at 7, Jesse Waters at 8, Hannity stayed at 9, 
and they moved Gutfeld down from 11 o'clock to 10 o'clock, Fox collectively saw an 18% drop in year-over-year total viewers. It was actually Fox's lowest-rated year, even though they were still number one, since 2015, and the five was the highest-rated show as it brought in 2.9 million total viewers in the main demo. Jesse Waters came in second with 2.5 million viewers, Hannity with 2.4, and then Brett Baer, Laura Ingram, and Greg Gutfeld round out the top six, which were the top six-rated shows on all of cable news. So I, if I'm Jesse Waters, my takeaway from that is, okay, I had a tough, a tough thing to fill. I had to step in the Tucker Carlson slot. And, yeah, the numbers were down from where Tucker was. But now I, I've got the two highest-rated shows on Fox News, 5 o'clock with an ensemble cast, and then at 8 o'clock in prime time in a solo setting. I'm Jesse Waters. I'm, I'm reaching out to the agent today and saying, hey, uh, rework some of these deals here. A little bump here. I'm doing a little double duty, number one and number two, if I'm the <laughs> Philadelphia guy, Jesse Waters. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But, yes, the Tucker Carlson thing did have an impact. Fox down 18% year over year, their lowest numbers since 2015. Uh, unlike this show, because Kale and Company had a uh, another successful fall book a little birdie got into my ear a few days ago. So a big thank you to this audience and everybody on this show for making it as successful as it has been. So we appreciate all of that. All right. Uh, Don, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say yes. Congratulations and thank you. I mean, I think I know yesterday, just judging from people coming up um, from all walks of life at the Mummers Parade, just saying, hey, love you guys in the morning. You know, and it's just nice to hear. Mm-hmm. So we we're, we're grateful for that. Yeah, and we had a good time too at the uh, at the police outing a couple of weeks ago, where we had yeah. people coming up to us saying a bunch so of nice true. stuff. So um, always nice when you get to see people and and put some names to faces or you know some voices to a Twitter account or something like that. So very very cool. All right, we've got the morning mystery movie clip in about four or five minutes, but right now let's get to a Dawn Stenzel and Big Three at nine sixteen. It's the Big Three and Nine on Kale and Company. Big three at nine this Tuesday, January 2nd, 30, still, we're still in the 30s this morning and it feels like we're, it feels like it's about 29 degrees outside. So this morning, as we look at Kale and Company, big three, let's talk about it as um, we're going to hear about more charges against that, uh, that so-called elusive um, killer of the Fairmount Park rapist. And I know that you had talked about this, Nick, when I was gone, but this was a huge story back in the day that women, you know, and I had covered this at the time, uh, this sent terror through the city. And for for women who wouldn't go to a park, wouldn't go jogging, the Fairmount Park rapist, and killed one one young woman, Rebecca Parks, and her family wanting justice. But for so many, for those police detectives... I think it's important in the new year to talk about a break in this case. Mm-hmm. And it's thanks to technology. And I know in Philadelphia, as far as the crime lab, and it's critical here because we don't talk about this enough, that our crime lab, the technology, has been um, bolstered. And to me, this is critical for us. to, and, and also, it's a morale booster, if you will, for these hardworking detectives you know, on this on a case like this, it oh, yeah. haunts them. We all know that. No doubt. They tell us that every time, you know, we, we talk to them. So in this one, you know, this guy has eluded police now for, for decades. 
and now they feel like they've got their guy thanks to, even though he's raped, he's killed further women over the years, went dark for, for a time, but remained here in Philadelphia. So in one sense, it's creepy. In the other sense, however, it's a true victory for technology, for the Philadelphia Police Department, right, for our detectives to say, mm-hmm. yes, they've got their guy, the so-called Fairmount Park rapist, behind bars, expected, and they're still looking through to see if he is, in fact, responsible for other sex assaults. Good. So he'll be, I mean, he's he'll be taken through the process and obviously uh, accused of murder in a couple of cases. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, starting in, what, 2003. God. It's horrible. Think about how old we're getting. We're saying 2003 back in the day. <laughs> I know, right? Wow. Um, we do have, as, as far as this morning, TikTok less than 40 minutes away from huge ceremonies to kick off in Philadelphia at the Met in Broad Street. So I bring this up on Broad Street. I, I will say this as well because you want to think about traffic shutdowns. This affects traffic. There will be a lot of activity going on at the Met in Philadelphia, 10 o'clock this morning. And then the new mayor, the 100th mayor, um, Sherelle Parker, she's expected to speak about 10 minutes before noon. So all of this, there will be huge media coverage. This is making national news, as I say. And as well, Kevin Bethel will be sworn in as Philadelphia's new police commissioner. And that's happening in Kensington, 1 p.m. And the newly, you know, um, officially uh, crowned, if you will, or voted, um, elected Mayor Parker. She's scheduled to attend the 1 p.m. event in Kensington at Russell Conwell Middle School. Mm. So this is, so so we'll have a new commissioner, we'll have a new mayor, and then as well, we'll have, you know, all of her team, as she has said. And she, did you know she actually called her team the big three? No. Yes. That's copyright infringement (laughs) on Kale and Company. I thought that was. Look at that. Right? (laughs) <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Saying, I've got my big three. Did she do this at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock? So, <laughs> because then we really have her nailed. Next time Dom has her on, we got to ask Right. Her, yeah, so right. say, did you get your idea from us? <laughs> but uh, there is a lot of hope and a lot, of, a lot of prayers. There are people who yesterday and day before even, church services dedicated to praying for the leadership of Philadelphia to turn things around. As we think about the crime, the escalating crime, the carjackings, business shutdowns, post-pandemic. We've been through it. Shootings, murders. Oh, my gosh. And the late, the last murder, I will say, of, two, of uh, 2023, the last murder, a woman, a young woman stabbed to death Ugh. on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And so in that one, they're still investigating it. But I just wanted to bring that forward. And we eclipsed 400, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well over 400. Unfor- you know, tragically, we knew that was going to happen about mid, mid-December, but... Yep. And then remember, there's that column where they haven't officially said whether something's a homicide or not. So the number's probably underreported. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That's definitely going on. Well, and then a lot of them are unsolved as well. And that's, that's another problem. Yeah, this is true. Since you mentioned health, and I was trying to look up all the different health in- information, the CDC issuing these new warnings talking about, yes, a rise in flu cases, a rise in especially RSV cases, those strike young kids and the elderly, and then even COVID cases. But mostly it's the flu and a nasty stomach flu. Ooh. So right. I, I didn't ask Greg, I, we didn't ask Greg Stalker, yeah. who we feel for, if it's a stomach bug, that's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Poor guy. So, Greg, we love you. We yeah. feel for you. Please don't come back to work. I don't know. We, we don't want to get this. I think the CDC is setting us up. It might be mask season, folks. <laughs> 
Get ready. I think they just came back in a few settings in California again. I saw that story over the weekend. You know, I think, to I just don't think a mask helps certain illnesses. If somebody has a stomach flu mm-hmm. or any flu bug or RSV or COVID, nowadays we're equipped. You know, like you said with Greg Stocker, he, he you know, um, was communicating back and forth, yeah, sick planted, as a dog. planted that seed early yesterday. Yeah, and still, you know, was doing the, his cut sheet and, you know what I mean, doing all that stuff. So I, I just think that's we've got this nowadays. We can you can zoom it in. You're not. It's not like phoning it in. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. Even when <laughs> you start to recover. That was my reaction yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but just stay. <laughs> they say if you've had a fever, wait at least 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. But keep taking that temperature. It's like you know, I've, I've been saying this for years. If you don't feel good. Stay home. Well, I think that in society we have the two extremes where we have the workaholic that like needs to go just because yeah. they, they think they're not that sick or you have the person who's so ready and willing to yeah. call out on the drop it's of like a dime. You have like, our yeah. sales reps that want to work remotely for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and then you have Dom. Dom would come in here with the bubonic plague to yeah. do his show. <laughs> it's true. It's so But Dom true. Has, has a lot of times he Zoomed and broadcast from home when he was yeah. not feeling yeah. well or, oh, or during the pandemic. Absolutely. Okay. And so he wasn't here. And so that's that's the point. You you never would know it. People, depending on where you work, you don't have to miss a beat. And I think, Anthony, to your point about the culture has changed. Yeah. You're no longer viewed as a trooper or a saint when you come into work sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like a threat to the yeah. audience right. at that You're point. a threat yeah. to democracy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a threat to other people's health. You're going to kill my grandma. Stay home, you tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, I'll just say, since Nick talked about Nick Hale has vowed he will he is going to do dry January, which millions of Americans do every January and maybe beyond, but at least dry January. So all of these medical researchers say that it enables better sleep. You have more energy. It improves your mental health, your concentration, gives you brighter skin, saves you money and provides an amazing sense of achievement. Yeah. So and you lose weight. There you go. That's why I'm doing it. The average person loses up to ten pounds. Yep. The key uh, to to you know kind of simulate the cocktail experience, just a nice little club soda with a lime wedge. Yeah, mocktail. The mocktail. Yeah. Yeah. No vodka. No vodka. No Tito's. Just club soda. <laughs> On that note, that's the big three. All right, Don. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Nine twenty-five. Time to give away our final pair of uh, Major League Wrestling tickets. With our morning mystery movie clip. With our... And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kale and Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Check out this thing. It's a GPS in my phone now. Let's look at oh, that thing. Kid, let me see that. Yeah. Cool. Look at that. What are you? Hey, numbnuts, what'd you do that for? For the good of the trip. You don't need a GPS oh. to discover America. You need a bike and you need the road, okay? Freedom. And if we have an emergency, I got a cell phone. Oh, you don't. What? Hey, why'd you do that? I got all my data in there. Well, how does that feel, Woody? Feels good. Woo! It's my prerogative. No cell phone. Wait a minute, wait. Let's come on. Doug, 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 he's right. No, 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 wait, wait. Woo! Yeah. Think you know what it is? Be call at 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Today's prize, final pair of tickets for today to see a live taping of Major League Wrestling this Saturday, January 6th at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia. 
I'm not sure if that's the old ECW arena or not, but a pair of tickets, Major League Wrestling, this Saturday, January 6th, at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia. If you are caller 12, and you can identify that movie clip at 855-839-1210. For more info and tickets, visit MLW2300.com. Our winner, as well as Harry Mays, next on Kale & Company. 932, Kale & Company, as we continue live here on this Tuesday morning, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I just mentioned last segment we're talking about uh, Dawn's one of her uh, her elements from the big three about the CDC and what's going on with the cold, the flu, the RSV. And I said uh, Dom comes in and works if he has the bubonic plague. And then Dorenzo says uh, Dom's off today because Dom's out sick. So uh, Mike Opelka will take over after Dawn, and Opelka will be in for Dom from noon to three. So I guess it's going around. Dawn will get it. I'll get it. Zioli will get it. Uh... It'll be just like the last 10 days. There you go. All right. uh, Gavin is in Cherry Hill. I don't think this is Gavin Newsom, uh, but I do believe Gavin has identified the movie clip and has won the prize this morning. Gavin, good morning. What movie clip did we just play for you? Uh, That's Wild Hogs. That is correct, sir. Congratulations. You got yourself the tickets for a live taping of Major League Wrestling this Saturday, January 6th at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia. Thanks for playing, man, and we appreciate you listening. All right, thanks. Not to be uh, confused with Gavin Newsom. He's terrible. Exactly right. And Gavin is not. The good work out of uh, Gavin in Cherry Hill put him back on hold. And now we try to make sense of another disaster. We try to figure out what's wrong with California all the time, but we haven't been able to get to the bottom of it because Gavin Newsom's an unmitigated disaster, just like the Philadelphia Eagles are. As we welcome in our buddy, our pal, you heard him on with Tony Bruno last week, filling in here on Kale & Company. The great Harry Mays back again. Here on a Tuesday morning. Harry, good morning. How are you? Well, good morning, everybody. And uh, I'm here to declare that I am officially the mush on the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they've been, what, lost four out of five games since I started coming on this show. Yes, it's all your fault. You know, we'll spare Sirianni. We won't blame Brian Johnson. We won't blame Matt Patricia or anybody else. This is all on Harry Mays. I own this. Okay. Well, that's... You know, and, and I am been referred to many times in many different parts of the country as a threat to democracy (laughs) and i do not participate nor do i condone dry january okay so you're not on board with me absolutely not and there's no shot that you survive this (laughs) there's no chance you're probably right how can any eagles fan at this point participate in dry january after watching that dreck yeah that's a good point i'm picking a hell picking a hell of a time to kind of clean up my life when the football teams are falling apart well that's what i'm saying dry january just sets guys like us up for failure anyway so (laughs) you you immediately sit there and say you know what? i'm going to give up drinking for the month i'm going to feel good about myself i'm going to improve my health i'm going to sleep better and all that all that good stuff and then you're watching football, and the next thing you know, you got three cocktails in you, and it's you know the third <laughs> quarter, and then you feel like a loser. Yes, because you failed. Yes, yes, yes. And That's I'll what's probably... going to happen to you. Uh, I know, I know. I'm destined for failure. Let's try to make sense of what we saw a few days ago: Eagles, Cardinals, a yeah. uh, three-win team at the time comes in here as a yeah. 12-point underdog, and you just saw the Cowboys the night before struggled to get a victory. They beat Detroit by a point. You're thinking, oh, you're going to take care of Kyler Murray and the lowly Cardinals. And then you have what I would say might be the most inexcusable loss 
of the Nick Sirianni era. What the hell happened? Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, you're up 21-6 at halftime uh, to a three-win team, as you mentioned, and they got absolutely emasculated in the second half. Uh, and totally dominated uh, by a three-win team that just ran the football for over 200-plus yards. I mean, uh, Connor looked like O.J. Simpson circa 1973. Uh, you're running through the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Uh, they dominated the time of possession 2-1. to one. They had 32 first downs. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You don't even see that in college football. Right. I mean, that, that, their, their front four, which we all thought coming into the season, was sort of the hallmark of this Eagles defense. We knew they had some issues on the back end, uh, but you thought that, you know, this front four, you know, was going to be, you know, one of the best in the league. They got manhandled in that second half. And I, you know, I, I, I mean, every time I looked up, the, the Cardinals had the ball and were, were just ripping off, you know, six, seven, eight yards a clip on the ground. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, if, if I were to tell you uh, that Jalen Hurts would complete 78% of his passes and throw for three touchdowns against yeah. the Cardinals, you would have probably assumed that the Eagles won by double digits, and that was not the case. And to your point, the, the Eagle, Jalen Hurts was efficient for the most part, but he was never on the field. I mean, Arizona right. controlled the tempo – and the style of play pretty much that entire second half. I, I, I hate to be the guy that says it's over, but right now, Harry, they're going to be, if the, if the standings in the playoff picture stays true with one week to go, they'll be the five seed. They'll go mm-hmm. to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers who win their division. I, I said two weeks ago with you, I could see them winning that game and then losing in the divisional round. At this point, I don't know that they'll go into Tampa Bay and beat Baker Mayfield. Well, you're exactly like the rest of the fan base because I put that out on Twitter or X, as they say, uh, after the game where I thought that, uh, you know, the Eagles could still go on the road and beat Baker Mayfield because Baker Baker stinks. Okay, I know he's having a, a renaissance year. He still stinks. All right. In a big spot, I you know, you can't rely on him. And I still would think the Eagles could win that game. But the replies that I got, I mean, nine out of ten. We're all like, you're crazy, Harry. They're one and done. They are done. There's some people think they're going to lose to the Giants next week um, in the Meadowlands. And I think, what are they, a six, six and a half point favorite? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the confidence is totally drained from the fan base. And, and, and you know, I, I can't blame them, but I still believe that they are a better team than Tampa at this point. They're not playing that way right now, but I still think that they could win that. They'd win that game and then they'd get uh, get smoked. Uh, the next week. Yeah, you're looking at it for this week. It's the final week of the regular season. Week 18, the Eagles are at the Giants. The Eagles are about a five and a half or a six point favorite. And the Cowboys are at the Commanders. The Cowboys are a 13 point favorite at Washington. The only hope for the Eagles to win the division is they need to beat the Giants at 430, the same time the Cowboys and Commanders are playing. And the Eagles fans need to root for the Commanders to beat Dallas, which I don't see happening. That's not so, happening. So the division, the, the division is out of out of reach at this point. You would agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That Dallas isn't losing that game. I think the Eagles win, but there's no way Dallas loses that game. So last one on the Eagles front, and then we'll try to make sense of what we saw yesterday in that college football playoff doubleheader. What what is I mean, we've seen Matt Patricia elevated to DC. They sent the defensive coordinator up to the box. Uh, Brian Johnson is you know, still technically calling the plays. A.J. Brown is not happy. 
I mean, there's no way the Eagles will just stand pat if this season unwinds and unravels before our very eyes without making any sort of change. Is it firing the offensive coordinator? I mean, what, is this on Howie Roseman? Because we're no, we know we're going to play the blame game all the way up until the NFL draft. So how do you dish out and allocate the blame here? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, some of it is on Howie Roseman, obviously, because he assembled, you know, this roster and there's, you know, in that defense, you know, those line, but they never addressed the linebacker position properly in this organization. It's just it's an organizational uh, flaw, if you will. And it dates back, you know, it predates Jeffrey Lurie by decades. I mean, this has been going on since, uh, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. It's just something that they just don't care about. And. You know, I think both coordinators will probably be be gone. I would imagine uh, Sirianni will still be here. Although, you know, Jeffrey Lord is very unpredictable. I mean, he he you know he he can make a move. Uh, it wouldn't shock me, but I still think Sirianni will survive. But the coordinators will probably be uh, uh, be given their walking papers. Harry Mays joining us. Uh, final thoughts. I want to get your uh, impressions from yesterday, <laughs> as uh, two blue states by the states of Michigan and Washington knock off the two red states in the college football playoff semifinals as Michigan beat Alabama and Washington defeated uh, the Texas Longhorns. Uh, I'll start with the Alabama-Michigan game. I, I, I didn't think I could be more nauseated after watching an Eagles game with a, a quarterback by the name of Jalen until Alabama rolled out a quarterback named Jalen and had a terrible final play in overtime. But that's a major win for Jim Harbaugh to finally get over the hump. Oh, no question about it. I mean, you know, when could you say that Alabama and an Alabama team coached by Nick Saban did not control the line of scrimmage? Yeah. I mean, they got manhandled. I mean, they could not protect. There were 10 tackles for loss. I mean, Jalen Milrow was running for his life the entire game. I mean, they got a little bit better in the second half, but they he got sacked six times, constantly under pressure. They could never get anything going down the field. And, you know, and then when they get a drive going in the second half, that stupid fat center can't execute a snap <laughs> two plays in a row. I mean, his scholarship would be revoked before we hit the uh, the, the airport uh, to come back home. I mean, that was a disgrace. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, but the game went to overtime. You had two highly competitive games, uh, a, a program and career defining win for Jim Harbaugh. And now he's a four and a half point favorite in the national championship game coming up next Monday where you will be drinking cocktails. Yeah, I, I might have yes. to if I have to sit through any uh, any more bad football games. So you, you mentioned the four and a half point favorite. They'll be favored over the Washington Huskies led by a very, very talented quarterback in Michael Penix. They're undefeated, yeah. um, and they've been slighted pretty much all year. I told you yesterday I had a bad feeling that they were going to beat Texas. I was on the wrong side of that. I bet on Texas, yeah, me of too. course. Uh, mm-hmm. So your thoughts on that victory as they beat Texas 37-31? Well, yeah, I mean, Texas had a chance at the end. That was a, that was a track meet. I mean, it was kind of the opposite of, of the first game, but both games were great. A 1,000-plus yards uh, of offense in that game by those teams. <laughs> Uh, they had the chance at the end. You know, Penix, you mentioned, was sensational. They've got three NFL receivers on that team. I think Penix is a really interesting prospect uh, and will be taken, you know, probably in the in the first five to ten picks, most likely, uh, in the NFL draft. Uh, but they're, they're a very entertaining team, and I've been sliding them, too. I didn't think they beat Oregon uh, in that uh, Pac-12 championship game, and they did. They beat Oregon twice this year. Now they've rolled up Texas. And you're getting four and a half against Michigan. I think I'm going to take them. Okay. 
There you go. <laughs> Harry Mace already giving out a winner in advance. Washington yeah. plus the four and a half. By the way, I was 0 for 2 yesterday. I've been, I, I, was, uh, I was 0 for the weekend pretty much. Yeah. Uh, everything go okay? You and Bruno and Robin last week? I heard it was a pretty darn good show. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a smooth operation. I mean, you know, uh, Dorenzo was uh, fantastic uh, at the wheels of steel producing the, the whole affair. And uh, it was great, man. I, you know, I, I just hope that. Uh, Greg Stocker feels better because I, I know what I know what he's going through. I don't know if he's Holy got the stomach crap. bug, but I've got the flu as well. My no. wife gave me the, yes, my wife gave me the flu for the second time in six weeks. <laughs> oh my oh, god, that's outrageous! Oh yeah, god. twice in six weeks. Twice in six weeks. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Oh boy. All right, there he is, Harry Mays, fighting through a radio appearance with the flu for the second <laughs> Have time a great in week. six weeks. All right, there he is, Harry Mays with us. Good stuff, as always. Tony Bruno will join us tomorrow, as he does each and every Wednesday, uh, and Bruno will stop by coming up around 8.30 tomorrow morning. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up with uh, a clip or two for what's on the cut sheet part due. We'll find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show. We'll find out who else is out sick today for the rest of the lineup. And then uh, we'll get to uh, who on Twitter and YouTube today. It's Kale and Company. We put a bow on a first Tuesday of 2024. And we do it next on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Kale and Company, six, uh, 948. I almost said 648. Talk about the rewind feature. Went back to hour one there for a moment. Good to have everybody in here on this Tuesday. We'll find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show and who on Twitter and YouTube Today, coming up in just a couple of moments, uh, we'll get to the cut sheet in a moment as well. I've got Fox News on um, Dana, uh, Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer, uh, their show. Apparently, uh, Harvard President Claudine Gay is now facing new plagiarism accusations. I, I mean, she's the George Santos of Harvard University. I think everything about her is a complete fabrication and a lie. <laughs> and yet, she survives. And she survives. And she probably will continue mm-hmm. to do so. So, um, yeah, Leo Terrell's losing his mind. I love Leo Terrell, by the way. Totally underrated contributor. All right, but uh, 949, let's get to uh, a late but better than never uh, edition of What's on the Cut Sheet Part 2. What's on the Cut Sheet Part 2? What is on the Cut Sheet Part 2 here? Uh, this will be Cut 10, Phil. I know you, you talked a lot about the Civil War comment from Nikki Haley. And uh, obviously, she's been trying to get that right since last week when all of that kind of fell out. This was over the weekend. She was on with uh, Fox News and Cavuto, and she tried to correct how she phrased all of that. This is cut 10. Go. Down 150 town halls, more than that now. And we shake every hand. We answer every question. And I stay until the last person leaves. And we take questions from everybody, Republicans, Democrats, independents, whoever shows up. We don't screen them. We let them ask whatever they want. And we had a question there. And yes, of course, the first thing I should have said was slavery. I completely agree with that. When you grow up in the South, Slavery is a given. Like when you think of the Civil War, you know it was about slavery. That's not, you know, that's never been in question. And, you know, you look at the fact I'm a Southern governor who actually asked and got the Confederate flag to come down in front of the State House. So slavery, if you grow up in South Carolina, you know that that's a huge part of history, but you take it for the lesson that it is, which is yes, that's a stain on our history. 
but where do we go with it from here? And that is, what is the role of government? Right. And what is what rights do individuals have and what freedoms do they have? And we want to always fight for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom for a person to do anything they want to do without government or another person getting in their way. That was the, if you went on and heard the rest of the explanation, that's what I was trying to well, say. But yes, way, I should have said slavery right away. Slave- okay. I, I think she owned it there pretty yeah. well. I, I don't really have any complaints with what she said there. And, you know, hopefully you're able to move on from it. But, you know, in this day and age of slip ups and sound bites, people like to let things, uh, you know, live on forever because the internet's forever. But I'm not going to kill her for for the rest of her career. Some people might, but I'm not going to. Yeah, and I I think that's she's going to have to continue to address this until it's not a problem anymore. Um, I mean, people forget quickly with our news cycle, so we'll see if this really does kind of hold her back. Yeah, uh, we'll fit one more in here quickly. Okay, uh, we have cut six. Six we'll go to. This was uh, the national incur- national security imperative that broke down with uh, Lieutenant Bree talking on uh, the MPW Fortune Forum. This is cut six. Phil, go ahead. So inclusion is a national security imperative. We fight today and we are going to fight in the future using brain power. And if that brain who's going to revolutionize the way we fight in space, we fight in cyber, just happens to be in a trans body, you should want them all serving alongside me. And for your organizations, it's the same way. Those perspectives that we get from a diverse set of individuals, it's been talked about on stage a lot regarding the science behind high-performing teams. We need those perspectives. But it's inclusion that actually drives that. Because you can bring people in, and if they don't feel safe to speak up, if they don't feel safe to bring their full selves to work, you're not going to get the value of the diversity. So for us, it is absolutely critical to drive our future success as an organization and potentially on the battlefield. And I think it's the same way for all of you because we can't leave that talent that is going to revolutionize the way we do business behind. Okay, so diversity and inclusion is now a threat to national security as well. Your, your actual well-being within the parameters of the United States depends on diversity and inclusion, so says that, um, I guess, a guy that's now Lieutenant Colleen Bree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I mean, uh, to that, when a lieutenant's speaking out like that, it just, it's, it's Isn't crazy. it amazing how this administration and this movement can tie diversity, equity, and inclusion into every single compartment of life, as well as how racism is attached to every institution or structure in American way of life. Like it's, they just link everything together in this weird, obsessive way that I think the average common person looks at it and says, You guys are crazy. So. I think they play to those people that want to be crazy. That's Uh, that's the problem. You know who that reminded me of? Um, uh, Who's the uh, the other one that was? um, Oh God, what's her name? Oh God, what? Who's the other one in in the military that is uh, a female or used to be a man? Uh, the, the, oh, like Dr. God. Rachel Levine? Yeah, Doctor, yeah, 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 it looks like yeah. Dr. Rachel Levine's like doppelganger in that video, by the way. <laughs> I just, yeah, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do another year of this, but I guess we will. All right, that'll do it for uh, the cut sheet as we find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show just seven minutes out. 
Yeah, so I'll review some of my favorite memories of hosting the Mummer's Day Parade. We'll tell you about the winners and how you can still vote for your fan favorites. So all of that's coming up. And, of course, at 10 o'clock, major festivities uh, get underway in Philadelphia with the swearing-in of the new mayor. So we'll have all of that coverage. We have a great show lined up and give you, you know, my big takes as far as the year in the past moving forward. And there's so much breaking between 10 and noon. So we got it all covered. All right. The Dawn Show coming up at the top of the hour as we wrap up a Tuesday, which feels like a Monday, with Who mm-hmm. Won Twitter and YouTube Today. Who Won Twitter. Who Won Twitter. Eric the Red today tagging all of us and saying, so Dawn is in to start at 6 a.m. after pulling an all-day shift. Emceeing the Mummers with Larry and Stalkers out with the sniffles boo-hoo. I know. <laughs> this is radio, people. Yeah, come on. What are we doing, Greg? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, Who Won YouTube here. We have 91. LSXers saying, Nick, won't you drink on Juneteenth? So I think that's a bit longer than what most people Dude, if <laughs> I made it, if I made it to June, that would Six be a months. miracle. Yeah, that's a lot. That's I'll a be lot. 170 pounds if that happens. <laughs> but how much money would you save? Uh, that's the it's true. That's, I'm going to have to true, do that math yeah. when I get home later today. All right, that will do it for us. Everybody have a great rest of your Tuesday. And we will be back tomorrow morning at 6, as Corrine Jean-Pierre would say, after she says a whole bunch of nothing. I'll see you tomorrow. Come talk to me.